Welcome to Mindful Social, the show that intersects mindfulness and emotional intelligence with the hectic online world we live in today. Do you give yourself permission to be confident and happy with who you are right now, in this moment? If the answer is, uh, maybe, then have a listen to my chat with Courtney McDermott this week about her latest book, Give Yourself Permission. You won't be sorry. Hey, Courtney, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I think this is going to be an interesting conversation for people because it's really, um, you know, I think a lot of people are telling me that they're thinking about, is this really what I need to do with my life? I know I hear it from clients. I hear it from people who are like, you know, I don't want to go back to work full time. What do I want to do? And I think um, that awareness, that awareness of our consciousness that the book brings out is going to be useful to them. So let's talk about that. Mm, okay. Thanks. Jumping right in. I love it. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people are in this moment, especially after everything that's happened over the last few years where we're really questioning, right? Why, or is this the only way? Whereas, you know, before it was like, well, that's the only way, right? And then we quickly saw that that wasn't the only way, right? Uh, so I think a lot of people are waking up to the fact that maybe there's a better way. And I think one of the, one of the things to be mindful of when you're exploring that is, I think it was Warren Buffett who said, don't test the depths of the water with both feet. Right. So <laughs> like you don't have to jump straight in. You know, I definitely I mean, I've jumped many times in my life for sure. But I've also taken, I, I think, very also calculated risks most of the time. And of course, you have to be just like in finances, kind of aware of what your risk profile is. Right. You know how willing you are to just to just jump into it. But what I've seen is that the more you sort of trust in the intelligence that I'm talking about in the book, that of course is the intelligence that exists within you and all around you, the more that you sort of relax into that or that we relax into that, the more it does start to kind of take over and lead us places. And then we sort of get these impulses. I, I wouldn't say actually sort of, we get these impulses and it's an intrinsic motivation. And I think that's what people want to start paying the most attention to is is my motivation intrinsic or is my motivation sort of externally based on whatever it is, status, prestige, uh, an idea that this is just how it's done, whatever that looks like. Um, and, and then when you start to notice, oh, wow, okay, this is intrinsic, this is exciting, then maybe start testing those waters a little bit at a time or jump if you're ready for that. <laughs> well, let's, let's jump into that a little bit with what does intrinsic really mean? It's like you talk about, you get these nudges and you're like, oh, maybe I should, you know, decide to learn to fly, fly an airplane. Okay, that's a nudge or a nudge, depending. <laughs> but how do we investigate that? How do we go, where does that come from? Well, you got to get quiet. 
know, I mean, there's really no way around it. You know, I think it's uh, Pascal, the, the mathematician and philosopher, once said that all, and I'm paraphrasing, but all of our problems stem from our inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Ugh. Yes. Right. It's there's so much wisdom. Listen to the intelligence that's that's within you. That's that's always kind of just. I like to think of it as just this really loving parent. It's like it's sitting there, like okay, you do you. You know, it's not really interfering so much with your choices and things. But it's always ready to come to your aid when you need it. It's always ready to um, to let you relax into it. As I was talking about a moment ago, and it's always and 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 it's always this intelligence is always intelligent, right? So it's, it, there's really no way around it. it. It helps us make the right choice. And again, there's many ways that you could call it, but I think it was Shakespeare, right? The, the, it's not, it's not the name of the thing or what's hidden behind the name of the thing, right? Um, it's not the name that defines the thing. So I think it's important to really, like I said, just get quiet. And I also think that's the hardest work in the world because uh, it's, it's frightening most of the time, right? It's like, oh gosh, I'm just going to sit in a room alone, you know, and especially when, we live in such an age of overstimulation. And so in a lot of the book, I talk about how to start limiting that stimulation, that external stimulation. So you can actually start start hearing and listening, but also understanding the difference. So your question is really fundamental because the, the difference between whatever it is that we're hearing that's telling us you know, to push in a certain way that doesn't feel very good you know, in mm-hmm. our bodies and our psyches, and whatever it is that's telling us to move in another direction that actually does feel very good in our body and psyche. And so we start to become much more discerning as we get quieter and quieter. We begin to really understand the difference between those two. And, and again, it, it takes a little bit of practice till it doesn't take practice because really we, what we're in is just a grand forgetting, right? It's a grand forgetting that, that this is what we are and this is what we're that we're capable of. And so this is a, is about a grand remembering or remembrance, if you will. Well, I love that phrase, grand remembrance. And I, I, I think, you know, so often we start to take a step and then we think, oh, how am I going to control what happens next? You know, how am mm-hmm. I going to, I have this mm-hmm. urge, but, oh, you know, I have this and I have that. And we have all these beliefs that say we can't do it. And so we, if we're lucky, we take a step back. We don't just freeze. We take Mm -hmm. a step back and we get quiet and we allow our mind to stop for a moment and really listen to what comes up. And I think when you talk about being awareness of our consciousness, being aware of what our guiding beliefs are, I think that's the point where we need to check back in, check back in, check back in. And that's so much easier than just kind of rushing forward and falling off the cliff over and over and over again, or hiding because we don't want to be uncomfortable. Right, right. Well, and you brought up, I mean, right at the beginning of that sentiment, something so, so important uh, for us to pause on, which is control. And it's actually the illusion of control. Right. Right. And it's, I find it absolutely, I, I find it incredibly amusing. You know, the, the, 
the ways we try to control things, right? Every because <laughs> yeah, well, if you but if you look at it, the reality of the situation, the, the really real uh, reality is that about 99.9999999 some odd percent of the time, we actually completely relinquish control. We have to for our survival, right? So there's no part of us. Well, well, as well, but there's no part of our conscious self that's saying, okay, let me focus on conducting the trillions of biochemical reactions occurring in my body right now, this very second. Like, because if I don't do something about it, then the whole world is going to crumble to the ground, right? And we don't say, you know, is my heart beating? Is it not beating? Unless, of course, someone has, you know, heart disease, a coronary disease or something along those lines, of course, but it, but otherwise we're not actually conducting consciously any of that, nor are we arrogant enough or, uh, you know, in any, in any way to believe that we are. And this isn't just happening internally, right? Like we don't go to bed at night and think, is the sun going to rise tomorrow? Is it not going to rise? Is it going to rise? Is it not going to rise? Like, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I'm hoping that whoever's listening is doing that. Right. So we don't do that because we know that it would be a complete folly. Hmm. And yet there is this tiny infinitesimal part of our lives, right? Where we say, oh, I've got to control that. Like if I don't control the way that the money is coming in, if I don't control the way this person relates to me in this relationship, if I don't control uh, what, you know, the, 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 the way I look or whatever that is, like if I don't exert some kind of control, then again, the whole world's going to crumble to the ground. Right. Hmm. And what I often suggest and what I talk a lot, a lot about in the book, because I had to go through a whole process of this in my life, is how to begin relinquishing that control so that you really can relax into these other states of consciousness that you're alluding to. Consciously relinquishing, though. Like yes, it's an actual to... making the choice is the first step, yes? Well, it could also just be the awareness that it is absolutely absurd that we think we control anything, right? Like it could just be the simple awareness, like, well, that's absurd. You know, that's absurd that I think I can control how this person behaves. I can't even control how I behave half the time, right? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm speaking for like the vast majority of humanity, like, right, we make decisions. We make decisions that we say, oh, I wish I had made that, right? But something in us kind of pushed us in that direction, unconscious parts of ourselves, subconscious, however, you know, whatever school of thought you want to adhere to. However, the the point is that we have this you know audaciousness and not in a good way you know to think that we we have this control so i think even just even just relaxing into like the humor i mean it's humorous really when we get down to it it's quite it's quite humorous it's quite funny that we we actually truly believe that we have that control and so but of course that semblance of control gives us a semblance of safety Right. And it's an illusion of safety, of course, because we think that if I just do this one thing, that everything's going to be okay. Or, um, you know, we definitely have this in terms of, you know, health and things like that, where we think that we can control, right, how long our physical bodies remain on this plane. Right. This is an example or someone else. Right. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, my, my, I, past mother-in-law, uh, not my mother-in-law anymore, but my, anyway, she used to always kind of be controlling what her husband was eating. And it was like incessant control. And I, she's a lovely woman. I'm, I'm not, you know, in any way uh, bashing this, but it was just this, like, you know, you have to eat these portions. And he had all sorts of problems regardless, but he was eating everything the way that, you know, she thought that I had to eat the things. And so 
the point I'm trying to make, obviously, is like when we actually relax around all of this, everything, there's a much greater ease. And also just it becomes quite um, enjoyable. Like the fact that we don't know becomes enjoyable rather than scary. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I think we should always embrace the I don't know. Because we don't. We really don't. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know where things are going to go. We don't know so much. And it's very freeing to be able to step back and go, wow, there's a little hubris going on there. I need to look at that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and not just ignore it, but actually look at it and go, whoa, I Mm -hmm. I really don't need to do this. Mm -hmm. And that gives us so much freedom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I got a quote from the book that I really liked, and um, it's you don't attract what you want, you attract what you believe about yourself in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really interesting, because we think if we keep doing A, B, and C, that eventually D is going to get there. And it's Mm -hmm. probably going to be K, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. When we get those urges to do something, whether it's to change our life or to go in a different direction, and we want to put a toe in instead of both feet, how do we do that? What's Mm -hmm. the process when we feel moved to do something? You give a good example about writing a a fiction book, a novel. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about dealing with those nudges. Mm, okay. Gosh, I love this. this is a big question. I actually feel like there are layers in this question that are really compelling because, you know, on one hand, what you, what, what this elicited in me was this, um, this question of frequency, right? So when we look at, at the beginning of, of this, the sentiment, it was like, okay, well, um, you know, you don't attract what you want, you attract what you believe about yourself in the world, right? So what does that actually mean? And then from there, how do you start moving into um, attracting more of what you want, right? And, and, and shifting your beliefs in a way that that allow that to come in. So one of the things that I would suggest that I do often suggest is like, we do have to change our frequency, you know, I, I, I've heard this before, but I can't recall. I've heard it in a few different places, so I can't really attribute it to a specific source. Um, but this idea that there are these channels, you know, I was on a podcast last night and we were talking about channels and 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 this woman was a really beautiful woman talking about how she was telling her, her toddler to like switch the channel to, you know, get what he wanted because he was complaining. And she's like, can you go to a different channel? And he did, he got it. He went to a different channel. And I thought, you know, that's, that's perfect. Cause that's uh, lots of times that's what it's about. And of course we can talk about frequencies, you know, in a scientific sense, we could look at brainwave frequencies, which I also explore in the book. So people can start to understand, well, whoa, like if you're in high beta all day long, which most people are, because they're, they're stressed out, they're, you know, they're just spinning, um, then it's really unlikely that you're going to be able to start shifting some of those beliefs. So there's some really, really fast ways though, to get yourself in a different frequency. And I think lots of times we just think, no, I'm going to power through, right? Because our society teaches us, most of us, like make it happen, power yeah, through, that's hustle, 
right? Exactly. And so what it seems so, I wouldn't say counterintuitive because I think that's a misnomer, but it seems it's very counterculture to Mm -hmm. say, wait, I'm actually going to do the opposite here. And oftentimes like in my life, I've said like, oh, everyone's going in that direction. Wait, let me go in the other one because just the sheer fact that they're, you know, it's like, I don't know. uh, Sometimes it's just, sometimes these things feel a little bit herd like So I think, as you said a, a few minutes ago, just timing out, you know, just being like, okay, time out here. And then these really fast resets, like for me, fast resets are a number of different things. One, I, I love to get horizontal, like not to fall asleep, but just to lay down. So I used to, um, my daughter, when she was real little, she used to say that, um, when she would go to sleep, when she would take a nap, she'd say tomorrow, you know, she'd say domani, farò questo, questo, quell'altro. She would start telling me this whole list. She, she was speaking mostly in Italian when she was younger. And, and she would say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this other thing tomorrow, 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 right? When she woke up an hour later or half an hour later, for her, that was tomorrow, right? And I love to think about like getting horizontal for me, even if I don't fall asleep is what's next is tomorrow. It's a new opportunity. It's a new chance. I know that just by lying down, I'm signaling my whole body to move into these other frequencies, right? Because we know that the vast majority, are, are, vast majority of us are moving through these different frequencies as we're getting ready for sleep, right? Because we're sending very specific signals to our body. Obviously, we're sending chemical messengers into our body as well that are that are eliciting the relaxed response, right? So it's like get horizontal. Another thing that really helps me to start to make some of these decisions is moving, right? We spend way, 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 way too much time, you know, just being stuck and stagnant and all these things. And lots of times we think things are psychological, but it's really stuck stagnant energy in the body. And again, there's a lot of science to support this. It's beautiful to look at some of these brain body scans and to actually see what's happening when we don't allow those neuropeptides to be freed from the different organs in our body, when we don't allow that energy to flow freely through our system. Obviously, we it's much harder for us to have access to that intelligence that we were talking about at the beginning. So just moving. And lots of times you might even notice that that could be as something as simple as like a you know, two minute trip to the bathroom. If you've been sitting at your computer for a while and, oh, you know, Eureka, something comes, right? I remember I used to joke about that. Like my best ideas came in the bathroom because mm-hmm. I used to not take as many breaks as I do now. Now I take loads of breaks. Um, but also getting, people, people yes. have breakthroughs oh, in the shower it, or on exactly. a walk. Exactly. Right. And so think so like we've allowed you, our reticular activating system to sort a little bit. It's really, you know, allowing it to reprocess all the things that we just dumped in it. (laughs) We can't Mm -hmm. keep pushing at it. It's not going to help if we keep pushing at it. We just need to step back and create space. Right. We, we really do. I mean, that's a beautiful way of putting it is just creating the space. And the proof is in the pudding, as they used to say when I was growing up, right? The proof is in the pudding. I mean, just notice for yourself, whoever's listening, right? Um, we all know this works. And yet for some reason, we don't work with it as often as we would need to. So, um, so those are some things I definitely, again, harken back to like getting quiet. And that doesn't mean, you know, we talk about meditation a bit, um, I think a little erroneously in the, in the West, most of the time, because meditation is not, is not necessarily about sitting still and holding a mudra and chanting a mantra, you know, meditation is about really kind of grooving with, with, you know, with this intelligence that we're talking about, it's like, oof, wow, this is just delicious. I mean, when you're, when you're doing this thing that, that, that the Eastern traditions have 
taught for millennia of just, just grooving with that moment. That's what you feel. You feel a kind of delicious, like, wow, everything is just magnificent, you know, kind of feel. And so um, of course that's another way. And that means, you know, you don't need to be sitting still. I mean, you very, at, at, to your point, you might be doing it in the shower or you might be, you know, doing it while you're, you're meditating while you're singing, if you're really into it, you know, you're meditating, uh, I mean, I have loads of different things that I call meditation. So those are a few ways, but there are a number of other ways for just to go back to your original question for people to to start today, right now, bit by bit, you know, putting their toes in the water and being like, okay. And then what you'll see is the more, and, and you really put it well when you talked about the space, because the more space you open up, which is really the truth of, of what you are, right? It's this mm-hmm. endless space and potential, um, the more you're allowing those kind of messages and intuitive hits and things to come forth so that they can be actioned so that there is space for them to come into being. Yes. Yes. Because I mean, if you think of it as, as a room, you know, here you are in this big vacant room and all of these thoughts are in your head, all of these beliefs, everything that's going on in your world, all the sounds, all of those things. There's like this cacophony in the room. And if you can just clear a little bit of space to listen and to allow things to come forward that you've been pushing off to the edges because maybe you didn't want to deal with them. Maybe they were things that, oh, I consider that it's going to be a little fearful, uncomfortable, whatever it is. If you just keep pushing discomfort away, it just gets bigger. So if we don't want to be uncomfortable with the things that, you know, we don't want to think about, they're still going to be there. We just Mm -hmm. have to give them a little space, take that breath. I firmly believe in meditation as being something that's active. If you go out and weed, you will discover a lot about yourself. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think I think those are those are really good ways for us to get in touch. And for some people, you know, they think my purpose is to do this and that and this and that. And they set themselves on this path. This is my purpose. And I'm not going to define purpose because it's different for everyone, but we often decide what our purpose is and get stuck in that box. And then we don't leave space for other opportunities or change. So how can we look at that? Once we give ourselves the space, how do we evaluate these things? And, or do we just let it go and see what happens? Mm, You mean evaluating purpose or evaluating specific nudges, opportunities that come up, these thoughts Mm -hmm. that come, um, but, oh, that doesn't align with my purpose, which is to make a lot of money and buy a house. Okay. Mm. You've got some thinking to do. <laughs> right. And, you know, sometimes like if, if, if someone has that as their lens, right. So take that one specifically of, you know, making a lot of money and buying a house. It's like, what does that represent? Mm. You know, because lots of times we might look at that and think, okay, it's surface level because most of the time it is. Um, and it's sort of like, how do we go deeper into that? And I think that's one of the ways to start to answer some of those questions because, you know, I was talking to someone earlier today, I was training someone and uh, we were talking about, there was a certain dollar amount in the millions that, you know, she want, wants to be moving toward. And 
we were talking about the the kind of ir irrelevancy or the um, what's the, what's the right word the um, there's a word it's funny it's like coming to me in Italian and not English uh, hate it when that happens anyway um, you know it's it's kind of arbitrary there we go it's very arbitrary you know um, a specific amount right so it's like well what does that represent so what that represented to her was we made it. Mm -hmm. And then we, exactly. And then we started to dig into that. It was like, oh, we can relax. Oh, we don't need to hustle. Oh, we, you know, like all of these things. And it's like, okay, okay, okay. You're getting closer. And I did this one time with a woman in an audience of about a thousand female entrepreneurs. And I asked her to like go deeper. And it was, and, and the answer at the end of it was so astonishing. I mean, everyone, the way we dug in that audience was so beautiful because at the very end, she came to like, I'm enough. Like, this means I'm enough. Mm. And there's so many of us that suffer from this disease of not enough, right? It's like, whatever I do is not enough. So it's like, how do we give that self, that to ourselves first? And then allow all of that, if you wish, material abundance or any other kind of abundance to kind of make its way in. But I think having a vision, right? It's like in the Bible, without a vision, the people perish, right? It's like having a vision whether that vision is completely centered kind of in your, in your being, and you know, that this is, this is what I'm here for, you know, that doesn't need to be there yet. It's kind of just like, what's, what lights you up? Mm -hmm. I think that's the answer to this question is really paying attention to what lights you up and what instead dims your light. It's pretty simple. It's a pretty simple litmus test. You know, mm -hmm. you'll feel it, right? You'll feel around certain people. Certain people are just gonna light you up, you know, and other people are just gonna be like, ah, you leave it and you feel a little bit drab, you feel a little bit drained, right? And that is that is where we pay attention because all of that is leading us back to our own light. It's a, it's an indicator, it's a it's a system of right, you know, inner regulation that's allowing us to see what we need for the fulfillment of our journey as yeah. you know, individual forms of human consciousness. Of course, it's all one intelligence at the end of the day. So it, that gets trippy though. But anyway, there we go. That's what I would say. <laughs> I, I like that because it's really tuning into your internal compass, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it's because a compass is magnetic, you can kind of feel it edging away from this and edging towards that. And if you just tune into it, it doesn't mean you have to go in that direction all the time, but it does give you more inclination mm -hmm. and more um, being more in touch with what's going on in here, which is really the end product, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, this work is very impactful, obviously. And you know, it's really important that we're tuning into the consciousness and really tuning into to what it says right here in our hearts. Does this feel good? Does this not feel good? Do I want to go here? Do I want to go there? And also being intentional on what we want to do with that information. And I think that's mm -hmm. also really the key to this, right? That, okay. This is where I want to go. How do I tune in and fine tune that intention so that I can be consistent with it? Well, a lot of, again, what we talked about with just getting quiet, right? I mean, 
for me, this is more and more sort of taking over my life. If I, you know, really have to spill the beans on uh, what's going on in my own life is I am more and more just relaxing into this intelligence and the results are off the charts. I mean, things I never could have imagined. I mean, you know, I look at you, you've written so much and you have such a beautiful body of work in the world. And I used to think after my first book, I was like, I'm not writing another book, you know, no way. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then the second book really was moving in that direction of, in, in, and a lot of it was that like, again, intrinsic motivation and this four source energy, this intelligence that I'm talking about, just really working through this form, you know, as they say, the formless working through this form. Um, and now I'm noticing even more, like, it's funny, the more I actually relax, the less I do, the more prolific I am. And it's, it's almost like you have to really, you have to be ready to relinquish you know, the whole identity structure, the whole personality. And that's another thing that if you want, we'll get into because it's fascinating to me. Um, but really being ready to let that go so that you can step into a much greater expression of yourself. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, you said earlier, it's cultural, you know, ooh, mm-hmm. gosh, no, ooh, ooh, I can't. And but when you do, it's amazing. And and I, I agree with you. You know, we went to uh we went to a trip to Las Vegas recently. And I've gotten to a point right now in my life where cacophony is not my friend. Mm-hmm. I just don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I um I love music, I love all kinds of things, but I'm finding that my life is getting more simple more focused and I need more space than I've ever needed before in my life. And that opens up, as you say, to all kinds of things that you just maybe hadn't opened the door to before. And that's a beautiful place to be. Right. Yeah. It's absolutely the same for me. (laughs) I'm with you, sister. I'm the same. And it's so funny because sometimes I feel like, well, um, but you, you get to love this this communion with yourself, with this intelligence so much that, um, that the distraction from it becomes almost unbearable at times. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and the ways we distract ourselves from this intelligence becomes unbearable for, for me sometimes. And I really have to kind of like, Whoa, okay. Snap back into it. And it's funny because, um, you know, most of the time when I'm exposed to really big crowds, it's like I'm speaking and I'm so in that I would say channeling because it's mm. a channeling. It's a it's a force that's working through me at this point. Uh, it wasn't always like that, but at this point, it's definitely that. And and so it feels like, oh yeah, no, this feels really good. But the minute I get into something like if I went to a casino, I'd be like, oh no, you know what? What am I <laughs> going to do here? You know, I got to hide somewhere. I went actually with my niece a few years ago. We did have quite a, a fun time. I, it was my first time in Vegas. Um, but we drove from Chicago to LA together to get her into school there. And mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think the more you connect with this intelligence, the less you want to be distracted from it because you just really dig it. Yeah. And the less you need that, you know, mm-hmm. we, we think we need to pick up our phone first thing in the morning and we don't, and mm-hmm. it, it's, a very peaceful and quiet place where there's a lot more creativity, at least for me. And I oh, think yeah. for you too. 
Yeah. Yeah. I talk a lot about that in the book because, you know, of course, billions are being invested annually for us to kind of remain on these devices. Um, And they kind of play off of our greatest fears really as well. You know, like the fear of being accepted or not, Mm -hmm. the, the, the fear of, of getting recognition or not, you know, like they play off of a lot of performance mechanisms that many of us were raised into and, um, or adopted societally. And so it's really important to learn how to use those instruments in a healthy way. And I'm with you. I mean, I, like I said, talk about it a lot in the book, because I think it's one of the things that when you start weaning yourself off of it, you become much more powerful. And that doesn't mean you don't use it. I use it. I use these technologies. Although I continue to say that in a couple of years, I'm going to be on one of those old flip phones. And the only way anyone's going to be able to, you know, talk to me is like, everything just goes through my team and every, and everything else will just be, um, you know, real, like someone coming to visit or, uh, whatever that looks like. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think it's like, I usually it's at least a couple hours in my morning before I uh, get it anywhere near my phone. I have data off. So I only get calls um, and very few people <laughs> call these days, yeah. which is somewhat unfortunate. Um, but yeah. 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 That's really interesting. Hmm. Wow. There's so much to unpack here and I could go on for quite a while, but I, we do have a time limit. And I do want people to dig into the book. I really think that they're going to find this eye-opening in many ways. Mm-hmm. And I love that you you do tap into neuroscience and you know quantum physics and all the other things that I love that we can talk about. So yeah. why don't you tell people where they can find you, where they can find the book? social media too. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So it, it's Courtney with, with a, without a U. So my name is C-O-R-T-N-E-Y. So court and the, my main website is courtinc.com or courtneymcdermott.com. But again, if, if you got the U in there, I think you're going to find some copywriter in somewhere in the world. that's not me. <laughs> Um, I did do, I did do, I did have a brief stint copywriting for a, a long time ago, but yeah. Uh, so it's CourtneyMcDermott.com and same with all of my social media handles. Um, I, I, my preference is Instagram. Uh, so it's at Courtney McDermott. Uh, the book is available pretty much wherever books are sold, uh, brick and mortar, but also online. Um, it's on Amazon and all the other main ones, uh, iTunes and all of that Kindle, all the things. Uh, so you can pretty much find it wherever it's called give yourself permission. And, um, and the subtitle is uh, be confident, be happy, be you. And you'll find in the book that I am talking about a different brand of confidence and happiness uh, than what is normally kind of espoused and out there. So it's not just like, mm-hmm. Oh, let's all be ha- uh, smiley, happy people holding hands. Although that's lovely. And I would, it sounds great, but, <laughs> but it's, it's learning how to really feel the joy in all of it. It's the integration. It's, it's about wholeness. And so, yeah, you can find that book everywhere. And there's also my first book, which is a little bit more of like getting out of, if you're in that place that you were talking about at the very beginning of our call of when you're just like, you're ripe and ready for change, but you have no idea how to start it. That's where the first book, which is called change starts within you, um, can kind of help on that journey. And that's a, that's a shorter kind of bite-sized yummy book that you can sort of go to for some practices and inspiration. Mm, Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. I will make sure all of those links correctly spelled 
are in the blog post and on the podcast. And I hope that you guys rush out, get this book, get both books and uh, see how it expands things for you. Thank you so much, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you for everything you're doing in the world. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Mindful Social. It's been so great to see the subscriptions growing and the feedback has really helped me make the show even better. So if you know somebody who needs to be on the show, email me at Janet at JanetFouts.com. And please send me feedback there too, or post a review on the podcast platform you're listening on. Oh, and do me a favor, share this show on social media or with a friend. Thank you.